Ball Talk Daily, episode 23. This episode is brought to you by StackWap.com. StackWap.com slash shop. First thing we're getting into is the Lakers versus the Rockets game. So, basically, cry me a fucking river, Rockets. Niggas is finally not getting certain calls that they shouldn't have got anyway. And now they want to cry. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. What's wrong with these guys? Chris Paul, James Harden. Chris Paul's been a shell of himself. James Harden didn't get those calls. He's got the offensive fouls. And when you look at the game, everything was called correctly. If that was playoff basketball, those calls would have went exactly the same way they went. The charge, he, he, uh, Le- LeBron, LeBron was outside of the restricted area. He had his feet planted. James Harden ran right into him, got the call for the charge. LeBron was perfect defense there. Bad offense by James Harden, forced his way in. Another call he had, um, who was it? It was on Contavious Caldwell Pope. Forearm brushed him off. Usually he would get that call, which is a terrible call for the referee to call him the, the defender. But generally, you would see him get that call. Nope, went the other way. James Harden starts crying, starts bitching. It's like, yeah, you are one of the best players in the league, but if you're going to finesse calls all the time, you cannot, you can't use that as your main strategy to try to win basketball games. Like, at some point, you're going to actually have to put the ball in the hoop. You're going to have to, you know, finish at the rim. You're going to stop. You're going to actually have to pick up real fouls instead of those finesse calls. At some point, because the referee's going to call it hard at certain points in the playoffs, and we've seen from history how that happens, and it works against people like James Harden. Not so much Chris Paul, but they definitely have a history with Scott Foster and when they bring up the numbers of the amount of home games that they lose when he refs it's kind of staggering Uh, I guess he doesn't play that bullshit it doesn't seem like he does anything like he's giving like there's phantom calls it doesn't seem like that it's not like he's giving the Lakers extra you know shots at the the free throw line it wasn't like he was you know calling James Harden for shit he wasn't doing he was just calling things that James Harden generally gets away with, and that's what it was. So James Harden and Chris Paul can talk backstage about how serious of an issue this is, and it's personal, and this, that, and that, and they could be kind of, you know, ha- they have, they're have co-signed by uh, Matt Barnes, who's on FS1 talking and saying, yeah, there is a problem with Scott Foster as a player in the past. He knows this, that, and that. Well, the league needs to investigate and see because if he's clean, they need to stop crying. And if he is indeed biased and he's unapproachable and arrogant the way James Harden describes him to be, because James Harden described him to be someone that you can't talk to, you can't, you know, ask what happened on the play and why you've seen it that way. He was one of those officials that you can't cooperate with. And they basically said, like, he thinks that people are there to watch him or something like he's delusional. He doesn't understand that this is a basketball game where the stars, but uh, I don't know. Let's see. I want to see him uh, officiate another game when he's not, when James Harden is playing and James Harden is the biggest star on the floor because James Harden was not the biggest star on the floor. That would be LeBron. So LeBron gets the star calls and it's like James Harden wasn't getting those star calls and it kind of, 
possibly got to him and under his skin because he's usually getting those star calls against, you know, other teams with other officiating. The Lakers won that game and they needed to win that game. If they lost that game, whew, they'd be in really rough shape. That Atlanta loss that they had before the All-Star break is a really, really bad loss on the schedule. They have a bunch of losses on the schedule that could have literally went the other way if they have done one thing differently. And those are the type of things that hurt because they just they added up on this on the the loss column. And there was at least four to five games like that this season where it literally was one basket, one possession, you know, one bad possession away from winning the game. Or one good possession away, but they made the bad the possession to you know you know what I mean. All right, so um, we need the Raptors to beat the San Antonio Spurs, and the game just finished. The Raptors won, which adds a L in the San Antonio Spurs column, which drops them to well they're already in seventh, but now they have twenty seven losses on the schedule. The Clippers also have 27 losses. The Clippers are winning right now versus Memphis. They're most likely going to win that game and jump up to, well, tied for 7th, 8th, 33-27 and 27 with San Antonio. So that's six games above 500. So that's pretty much the mark that the Lakers have to reach to make the playoffs. They're going to have to be six games above 500 or more. They're currently now 500, one game back of Sacramento, which is two games above 500 at 30 and 28. So the Lakers, although they're far behind, they only have, they have 29 losses, two more losses than the seventh and the eighth seed. So if they can just stack up some wins, I know they have a very hard schedule, but if they can just leave, leave that, 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 that L column at 29, don't let it grow until you at least get 20 or 35 wins. So if they can go on like a, a six-game winning streak from here, which will end up being on a total seven-game winning streak, that will be healthy for them. And they're going to have to pull one of those these type of things off if they expect to make the playoffs this year. You have Kyle Kuzma jumping out the window and saying, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs for sure. I feel like a lot of these guys feel like, yeah, we have LeBron. We're going to go far and stuff. But the, the hole that they dug for themselves is pretty massive. And this is not the halfway point because it's the all-star break. This is three-quarters way through the season. There's barely any games left. Actually, it's possibly more than three-quarters three way if you do the math. It definitely is, but, um, oh, no, three-quarters. No, my math is terrible right now. Yikes, yeah. All right. Yikes. Shit. Okay. Let's look at the schedule once again. I've done this on past episodes, but I just want to verify. We got the Pelicans. We got the uh, the Grizzlies. We got the Pelicans again. That's a three-game winning streak. If they can't handle the bus- their, uh, their business on these three games, they don't really deserve to make the playoffs because this is the Pelicans twice. Anthony Davis is on a minutes restriction, and Memphis is gutted. There's nobody on Memphis. So it's like you have to win these three games. Put yourself at 32 and 29. Give yourself a fighter shot as these other teams falter. Then you get Milwaukee, which is possibly, most likely, a loss. You get Phoenix, which is a bye. You know, you win that. And then you play the Clippers. That's one of the biggest games of the season. If they can win the next three, possibly lose to Milwaukee, drop the 30 losses on the season, 
beat uh, Phoenix, go up to 33 uh, wins. So it'll be like 33 and 30 while they play the Clippers. And that could possibly be a season-changing game if they beat the Clippers here. Go to 34 and 30. Or did I get, I get to 34 already? Fuck. Shit. This is a bad episode for me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They have, a, they have a long way, pretty much. Just looking through it, they have a hard, hard, hard path. I wouldn't even be guaranteeing anything. If you look at the the uh, advanced stats, like people just want to look at the counting numbers, points, assists, rebounds. Yeah, that's great and everything. If you look at the advanced stats, LeBron's having one of the, the worst seasons of his entire career, if not the worst season of his career. If it wasn't for his rookie season in existence, I don't think there's, there's not much worse seasons LeBron's ever had. Yeah, there were seasons where he shot below 50% from the field, 49%, but that's great still for anybody, especially at those times. But the new LeBron, since he's been like championship, LeBron's always shot over 50, 50% from the field. And that doesn't matter. All that stuff, like he's shooting 50% from the field right now, or I don't even know what stats, probably just below. He's just having the worst, like the advanced stats, his value over replacement, his um, his defensive rating, his his offensive rating. Everything is just completely down. It's not the same LeBron we're used to. He's aver- his counting numbers are great. He's shooting 51% from the field, averaging 26.8 points, 7.6 assists, 8.7 rebounds. Like that sounds great and all. PER 25.9. But free throw lines, you know, 68%, that's pretty bad. Three-point, he dropped down to 35% from the three-point, which could improve. Um, Steals, 1.3 blocks, 0.6. Those are pretty good stats for the steals and blocks. But um, that's decent, I could say. It's not pretty good, but it's decent. There's nothing bad about that. It's It's not about these stats. It's about the advanced stats. And the advanced stats show the truth. It shows that he's tapering off a bit. He's not the same LeBron. He's a step slower. And I, I, I believe that's some, something to do with the injury. But at the same time, he could not even be the same LeBron. He could be a step slower. He may not even be jumping as high. doesn't even matter. still better than pretty much the entire league. Still the best player. Still going to be able to get it done. But you can't lean on him completely. The Lakers need a little bit more. If Kyle Kuzma's guaranteeing that they're going to make the playoffs, he has to be guaranteeing that Brandon Ingram's going to play like he played last night, and he's going to have to guarantee that he plays up to standard. He didn't play that bad. He didn't play bad last night, but he didn't play that great. 18 points is good and everything, but if you want to guarantee you're making the playoffs, you and Brandon Ingram need to religiously be living in the 20 points per game column with high efficiency and decent defense. It's going to be a hard way, but Lonzo Ball will be back soon. As much as people want to talk shit about Lonzo Ball and his free throw percentage and his field goal percentage and all that, doesn't matter. He's a winning basketball player. He makes winning decisions. He changes the pace and the tempo of the, the, the game. He puts players in the position to, to win. The Lakers should be good. They should be good, but I wouldn't be guaranteeing stuff if I'm Kyle Kuzma is all I'm saying. If LeBron sat back and guaranteed, 
I would be like, that's risky because these guys are you're but you're around a bunch of young players. But at the same time, if he guarantees it, I know that he feels 100% healthy in his body and everything, and he knows he's LeBron James. So I'd be like, okay, you can say some shit like that because you know you're the leader of the team. You know what you got, and you know what it takes. You, you know all that pressure's coming on you when you fail, if you fail. So it's a little more validity coming from LeBron. All right, Ball Talk Daily, episode 23, stackwap.com. Mm-hmm.